It's random. Well, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel.
Now, have you ever made your own random encounter table? That that would that well, wait that that would actually play into your storylines.
<laughs> Show us on Mega Man where it touched you. Where it touched you.
Let's see. With me, with me, what I'll, I'll I'll do I'll use the random table for the first couple of fights, just for the simple fact of number one, kind of like what Bruce said, you know, for because I can add some flavor stuff in there. The other thing that I'll do is I'll also use it so they can actually kind of learn how to, because it could be players who haven't played together before, to kind of learn how to function as a cohesive unit and also their characters what can play off of each other. He hates the player! He hates the player, not the game! Yes! <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game!
Well, I, I, I'm going to bring this up. Now, it depends on the GM. He may use a random encounter. But you brought up an entire, entire thing in, in your rant that where, you know, oh, well, you found a Holy Avenger and, you know, plus four armor. The GM can actually take that random loot and guess what? Now you have a side quest. You have to return the Holy Avenger and that suit back to the church. I mean, and, and truthfully, and that's a real boom. Wait, wait, wait. Those lizards, do they all go, woo? No, 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 they have to go woo. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> woo!
second and thirds so that's how we're going to do our watch rotations and that's literally how gaming works and i'm just like oh fuck this okay cool 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 thank god for magic and i fucking hate i i, I fucking hate how magic is literally the answer to all problems and which predicates the we need to have random encounters to keep things interesting while we travel which ultimately just just devolves down to wizard cast teleport. We bypass all the bullshit because we're tired of it. Godling, what the fuck did you eat? All you've done is complain. Ah, you're rolling the D one hundreds on that random encounter chart again, ah, ah. dude. Like, I have not had a can afford teleport. First off, that is an expensive spell in some canon campaigns. In some settings, in some games, you don't have the ability to teleport. So you nope. can make a seven and a half week trip cross continent on a donkey that shits and eats mm -hmm. and has an honoriness score. And every day you got to scold your donkey and get him to march the direction you want to go and haul your bags because otherwise you have a loose donkey and all your shits with the donkey. Have fun yep. going to get your donkey. Now, the thing yeah. is that. Your, your random encounter complaints, you have played and you've given too many bad GMs your precious time. Yeah. You have. And I have. I, I, I'm not going to say that you're a bad GM because you're a great GM when you get the chance to play, which once people find out who you are, oh, you're that Blaine. You're going to play a game. You're going to run yeah. it for it. And therefore, you lose whatever fun you might have had as a player. I'm sorry, dude. But you run a very good system. And you're complaining about other GM's shortfalls. And earlier you asked, what do you do? Do you just, like, let them play and let them get better? Or do you take the reins? Well, I took the reins at, like, age 16, age 14 for Star Wars. I never have really looked back. Nope. And... It, it's benefited my players that do play with me. They, they enjoy the games. There's a lot of people I know that they would rather not play my games because my games are hard or they just feel like the game is very taxing and it's emotionally draining and they don't get a lot of levels or experience points or magic items or 
magical what's-its to do the shit they want to do when Tumblr says, post your favorite part of your D&D campaign. And and they're like that part where I almost died and the GM gave me almost enough experience points for me to level and I needed three more sessions to level. And, And I feel sorry for those guys, but dude, you have to show players that are wanting to have the shield duties of running the game, you need to pull them aside and say, let me show you some tips and tricks. Let me show you how I do this. And maybe right. you'll get it. And, oh. and and before they have a chance to get used to the training wheels, you shove them off. I do. I Because I, I will admit, yeah, that is definitely what it comes down to. But I also kind of just like, look, take a hint and they're like no and like there's a lot of issues and i understand that and i know that's what i'm doing and but when there's another he was like just when i have enough people on the i I, who who are looking from the in the back corner you know when the when the gm who's causing the problems is um elsewhere they're all going take control back we want to have the game again and I'm like, I want to play too. Yeah, but this GM sucks. Well, will anyone else take me be GM? No. Okay. Well, I guess the call. I guess the um, it's time to do, to, to do the job again. Wayne, and Wayne, you realize like we have five gaming stores here. And not all of them have a full Friday night roster of players, even though they easily could in a town of 1.3 million in the Metro. So I'm going to tell you that you could live up to your potential, maybe a little bit more than what you think, but you've gotten really comfortable where you're at. You Mm -hmm. don't boot bad GMs out of the chair fast enough. No offense. Because you're interested in leveling up your own character, and I can understand that. I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. I get it. But I the table to. is suffering, and there won't be a table for much longer if you continue to not at least try to help the DM that's there. And if not, just fucking take the table away. But just text the rest of the party one night. I want to run my own game. I'll show you how to play. I'll, I'll show you how an enjoyable game is. And, oh. and then that might be considered dirty pool. But there's been a lot of GMs that I've hung out with that are nice people, but it'd be fucking retarded to let them have the fucking shield and the entertainment of six people be held captive by them. Within three nights of gaming, they've gotten rid of their table because everything is a needless slog. They do nothing but miserable in-run fights and they don't have a sense of purpose nor do they have an identifiable way that they can say this campaign is great and i remember whenever we were lower level but no they don't they're they're just they have there's these poor saps that are stuck captive to bad dms you if you've got a bad dm fix it either you give him a hand and show him how he can improve his game or you just Take the table. You go play somewhere else. Yeah, probably. 
probably, yeah. but I just need free time to be able to actually go play it. I mean, find another game to actually play. That's, I I have very limited time. My I have time to do things. So nobody has unlimited time, dude. Right, and I I can't like two set. I two set two, two sessions a week. That's all I can ever manage. And those two sessions are going to be exclusively, probably because I can't find anybody else who's able to or willing to actually GM. That's literally what it came down to is, or when I show up, it's going to be like, I I know what I'm shooting for, but because no one else really gives two shits about what what anybody else really wants they're not going to ask what i actually want and nor nor do i want to show up to the table and go look here's what i i here's my goal and then set out the entire agenda of what i want because at that point i'm i'm being an asshole and i'm ignoring what my fellow players want but, but because you've done that before what to, you've what, come just, in and said this is what i want this is what i want to do I've, I've been thing, at a table with you when you've done that. I have, but I've also <laughs> grown up from those days and learned and learned my mistakes of what, why that was an asshole thing to do, and I regret that I did those things. Now, but the thing is, I'm not going to show up to a table and go, "Look, here's my ultimate ambition," and then like s set out like this massive document. Like these are the these are the steps of what I want to end up heading towards because that's an asshole move. So. I'm going to show up and go, look, I'm part of a group, and that means everyone else has their own say in what this is going to be. Sure, I may have ambitions where I want to follow in the line of, like, you know, like Marius or some or some other great, some other great, but where I want to build an empire, I want to kill and conquer an empire, and I want to plant a flag on a giant chunk of it so that way when I die, they build a, they build a, 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 massive monolith to my existence that would be cool but when you're with schlock of the clown some other weirdos and some other weird other uh, other things and the gm storytelling system is random encounters plus pl i am plus silly um i silly in jokes you kind of table your grand ambitions and go well this is my one campaign i'm going to be able to play for the next four years I guess I'm just going to sit down and play something boring. And and at that point, just accept whatever you're going to get because no GM is going to look. So if you walk in going, this is my grand goal I want, and then GM goes, uh, crap. Um, how do I GM for this? So I'm like, look, I know it's like, or to use Vampire, Vampire the Masquerade, hey, we're going to play Vampire the Masquerade. Cool. I would like, my goals are to play an Elysian level game. I want to play Elysium. I want to play an Elder's game, an Elder Scale game, and have everyone go. Uh, no, we're playing Street Street Punks. Oh, fine, fine. I'm just gonna sit in the background and plot and plan, and figure out how to get the game to Elder level, uh, Elder level. And but then again, again, that's hoping that my GMs are going to be putting the effort in. But like, but what? But it's. When I see there's a lack of effort, that's when I just bulk and go, "Cool, I'm just killing time at this point." Cool. If you do, if you need me, just call me when uh, when it's my turn. Wow.
Garrett? I, I can't follow that. <laughs> I, you don't have to follow that, but I need an independent <laughs> thought from you. Uh, I mean, truthfully, like, like you know, I, I myself, I tend to run, when I DM, I do tend to run stuff off the cuff. And so, and a lot of times what I do is I actually use the random encounter table to help me do that. You know, I don't necessarily have every step-by-step, step, you know, I've got bullet points of where I want the game to go. And it's just, you know, this is point A where we're starting. I want them to get to point B. Let's see where, where, where it takes us. And, you know, yeah, doing those nighttime encounters, like, you're, you know, you're talking about, you know, with watches, you're going to have random, you know, animals attack. I'm sorry. You are. Yeah. And I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from on that. But, uh, to, and also to, to Blaine's point, it's also the responsibility of the GM to try to loosely tie that in. If he can, so you know the, the you can you can do the the as Blaine puts it the lazy GM's way, but you can do it smart and actually kind of plug a couple dots together. Kind of even if you take the, str the strings broken in a few places, you can still kind of tie it to some other things to 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 at least make it a coherent story. Uh, but like I said, I usually use it for at least the first couple, even sometimes three encounters to really, uh, to, because every game is going to be different and for the players to try to figure out their synergies. And I find that that's a really good way to do that. And usually by the third one, I'll tie in some type of hook. Whereas, you know, it, 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 there's, there's going to be a story hook coming out of it. You know, or something like that. So, you know, that, that's that's me. I mean, I've got a buddy of mine who who runs very similar to it. And he's been our DM on and off for, you know, me and him pass on and off for, you know, every six to eight months. And he runs his roughly the same way. Now, granted, one of his big games is Exalted. And he's got his world that he's crafted. And he he knows what to do, and he he no, doesn't necessarily throw random encounters out there, but that is an entire world that he has crafted. He knows what's what's going to show up where. He he knows the lore. He knows he knows the system well enough. He can do it. Uh, whereas if you're a newer GM, a lot of times you are going to rely on that. And what I suggest is put your plot hooks in there. You know. Tie, tie, tie it together, even if it's a side quest. A side quest where they can go off and, and do something else that will bring them back around to, to you know, your main, your main quest. You know, like I said before, using, using Blaine's example of finding that, that armor in that, that Holy Avenger. Well, you return it back to the church and find out that, you know, he's not the first paladin that's gone missing. And, and yeah. you know, there, there, there are plot hooks right there. It, it seems like they're being systematically hunted down. And, you know, the, they have a few leads, but they, they've all run cool. I mean, you can use something along those lines to really start, you know, 
pushing the story forward. And, you know, you can use the random loop tables and, you know, it's not necessarily something that the party is going to have or keep. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and to, 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 no, I agree. There are some, some DMs out there who are lazy, but there are also some DMs out there who don't know better. This is the way that they were taught how to DM or how they found a DM. This is the way. Yeah, it is the way. And sometimes they need someone else who has DM before to pull them to the side and go, hey. And even you can even help them. You know, yes, you're in the game, but then you have, remember, you've got player knowledge and your character knowledge. And make sure that you tell them strictly, anything that you help me with, is your player knowledge. Your yeah. your your character won't know anything about this. No yeah. the DM won't let the player find out what the heroes did. Right. I just need to find I just need to find better GMs. That's literally what it comes down to, but that's that's not gonna happen for a while, so because I have not been exactly what I call overwhelmed by when I meet other people in the wild. So. I, uh, I'm sorry that you've had some bad experiences with other GMs, dude. I really yeah. I mean, it, it's understandable, but I need you. If you're, if you're going to be in a position, especially where you're mentoring kids, just don't even offer up the DM shield at, at the start of the game. I know you want to play. Take it, run with it, make it, make it your bitch. Make the game your bitch. Okay, Blaine. Yes. On the on the at at, where did where, where did the where did the bad GM touch you? Ewoks, logs from the side. Oh, sorry, hungry Ewok. Also, not not an at at. ATST. Uh, you know, my brain, my, I'm, I, my brain is fried. I've been, I've been, I was on vacation for two weeks, then they threw me into the office. And I've been dealing with newbies and everything else. It's just been, it, it's been, been a struggle. Struggle's real. All right. So, but uh, now, you said that you've crafted, crafted some of your own tables. Yes. Now, with those tables, how 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 did you go about crafting them? Because I think that might actually help. You know, if we can actually give some insights, if you know you're crafting your own, on how you can avoid some of the pitfalls that that have upset you. In essence, when I did craft my own tables, I literally went through and create. I I have thanks to being the forever GM. I do have a several notebooks that are just full of NPCs, just leveled up characters. Because you know, I, I, I firmly believe that the biggest monsters in my worlds tend to be I, other, other humanoids. So you're going to encounter about half the time other people who have weapons and skills and armors and other stuff like that. So I just go through my book and I encounter uh, it's my books and I build up. Okay, they're going to be in I 
in an imperial military garrison. I'm going to here's what I here's what I think will be in this area. So therefore, if they trigger an alarm, I can go through and say, okay, there are going to be there's going to be like a D6 um, stormtroopers who are going to show up, and they're going to be I, I led by a by a commander, and if I get too many, I can roll. You know, a captain will show up. There's a commander who's also out there, and I can actually roll out the entire encounter. And if things escalate too much out in certain areas, you know, a war wagon with a ballista might show up, or you know, some other. Like, I've got my encounter set up for the idea of what's in that region and what's going to be tailored to that section. So therefore, that's why when I opened this entire rant in the first place, I said there's just not a good chart that you can just look at and go okay this is a wooded area this is a wooded biome this is an urban area i want to have a theme of my table being tailored to well you're engaging the underworld here's some thieves here's some thugs here's some gangsters have it have the encounter you know that chart tailored more towards towards being well you're Dealing with smugglers, you might, you know, have pissed off that one guy who has the elite guard. You don't know this. I didn't know it, but hey, look. So you're suddenly you might, you know, you're out there with your little your, your crack team of fellow adventurers. Your hit, you know, your kill team goes out there and unfortunately stumbles into. Well, there's an elite guard who's just like, they're actually they could be talked down, they could be handled reasonably, or arrows and, and arrows and some blood gets spilled and there's some bodies on the ground could be yours could be them probably them your your heroes but you know dice i dice say i have a say in this and but but you, but you don't have a charts like that you don't have a chart that's geared towards the king's guard you don't have a chart geared towards the underworld you don't have a chart i geared towards this is the i know this is the this is the, this is the merchant guild who's you pissed off. You don't have a chart that's more geared, geared towards forests, plains, jungles. Uh, screw screw aquatics because there's there's nothing anything good in that chart. Mountain ranges. It's just simply okay. This is the biome they live in, and this is a CR encounter that's of appropriate level. And good luck. And it puts the it puts the bias on and the heavy lifting on like and the heavy lifting should always be on GM, but it does either they put no effort and you just get a fight, or they gotta figure out how to to weave that in there. But if I take the time and actually I've built my own encounters, well, I now know why there is a guild a, a thieves guild enforcer in the area, why there is a a, a a thieves guild captain in the area because well you're fucking with the thieves guild territory of course that's what you're gonna be dealing with oh hey you screwed up with i i with the um i with one of the merchant guilds well shit now you got to deal with i with their mercenaries my tables will reflect the fact that you're in that environment but you don't get tables like that you just get random tables that just are just going to take the random trash that's that's this is just an example i don't i don't use this book but oh hey look all i got to work with is this piece of crud book here and now i got to figure out how to stitch that stuff into it and it's just like eh. and yeah that's what it comes down to
Yeah. Um, I really what feel you, sorry Bruce? for you. Say again? What about you, Bruce? Have you, do you set your own random encounters, or do you actually use ones from books, or, or how do you normally do it? What I'm running. Shadzar sent me a link. I want to take a look at this real quick because it's a, it's a time travel back to uh, years ago. All right. Characteristics of random encounter tables. All monster encounter tables are have certain concepts where you begin creating your own tables. You have to get an idea of why we have them. Their uniqueness. Uh, gives an idea of what the what the level's like or what's here, the level of civilization, the degree of danger, the magical weirdness of the area. Players never see the entire table and such tables to help the DM define for himself the nature of the campaign role. The frequency. And it kind of goes into frequencies like a common monster you would find here 70% of the time. An uncommon monster fills the next 20%. And there are fewer number and are more of uh, more wary of outsiders. Then the rare creatures actually show up 7% of the time, and they're either powerful, uh, norm normally solitary, or very, uh, very re refreshing, re retiring uh, player characters, you know, with, with a, a, a bandit. You have the uncommon monsters that the rare encounter monsters come up 7% of the time. They, they, they're normally solitary, except powerful, or very, very, you know, again, very unique in their uh, power band. Very rare creatures, 3% of the population. They're exotic and almost always extremely powerful. They have wandered from the normal range or, or magical uh, nature such that many can possibly exist at any time in one place. Not many can possibly exist at any time in one place, my bad. Unique monsters are, are that. You don't put them on a random encounter chart, okay? Unique monsters, they get their own fucking set encounter. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I know this might be boring, but it is, it's the original second edition stuff. Uh, second edition Dungeons and Dragons. Back when the game was really well designed by people who loved the game and wanted to see that engine continue. Um, they talk about it. And they talk about why you'd set up a table like that. They talk about why you'd want to have a reason for theming or what, what makes it important to you. Why are you needing to have a random encounter chart why don't you just it, it, it if you're not going to use a random encounter chart how are you determining what monsters the players find is it because you have a hex grid set up and if you go over here you fight goblins if you go over here you fight orcs if you go over here you fight fucking bugbears if you go over here you fight gnolls if you go over here you find a very friendly gypsy who steals all your money and then he, he makes you a an anti-semite and then you know over if you go over here you find out that you're, you're dealing with corporate shills and they make you sign an agreement to be part of this guild that gives you no benefits and you're fucked. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, do you determine it with that? Or how do you determine what's going to go on in your game whenever you hit a lull spot? Because you're going to have a point where you're playing a game and the random encounter chart is going to save your ass from staring at the book or like, I need to get my mindset back together, so I'm going to take a break for 45 seconds, go grab coffee beans and put them in between my lip and my gums, and while I'm doing that, I need you to roll these dice, and I'll be right back. I'm not even going to tell you which, which chart I'm going to look at, and when you come back, your player characters, uh, your players have, well, 
some of them were on deck smoking. Everybody get back in here. Hey, hey, guys, come on, get back. We're going to look at the random encounter chart. And you start setting up because they rolled a fucking uh, deep under or a, uh, a huge sized deep umbral dragon. And some people are like, what the fuck is that? Well, it's a, it's a dragon that belches out negative levels. What? Yeah. And you're, you're just kind of smiling to yourself because now the party better learn cooperation or well, otherwise they're, they're going to feel the wrath of having a, a random encounter kill this campaign. And I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with letting a random encounter chart kill off a campaign because maybe the players didn't need to finish this module. Maybe the players needed to not be such such, such selfish cunts. Murder maybe hobos. Maybe, what? Yeah. Murder maybe hobos. The murder hobos got them just desserts. And maybe yeah. you need to have that happen. Because otherwise, if not, then you're just doing planned encounters and you're just setting up the game for a script run and you really get tired because the players are saying this and they need to just say these things here and they just need to follow these things I've outlined for them and then they can get experience points and we can continue with the next encounter, the next exciting planned encounter with no fun whatsoever and all the, mod- God, all no. the fun has been sucked out homogeneously and everybody's a boring, bland-ass, blue-haired land whale and we all talk yep. in terms of fucking pro-towns pronouns and we don't do a single fucking thing for the game which we love so much true true don't do that no pets and dogs man use a random encounter chart to help theme the world use it to help give life to a world that otherwise would be boring or flat and and if you can't do that what you do is you let the players discuss things and you're you're moving the party as they want to go, or in that intended direction of travel, but they will meet up with things that might change the entire campaign. Because before, we were going to go down in the Underdark and go to the Sunless Sea and try to kill Aboliths, but now we've found that there's drow slavers over here, and holy fuck, we are against slavery! <laughs> no and slavery now, for you. We, we, we've got we've to go kill slavers. And uh, fuck, it's against the slavers campaign now, Underdark style, and we got to do that. So we're redoing the entire campaign, and the players are showing me on the map where they want to go, but they're when they do it, they're not showing me on the campaign map where I have everything prepared. Instead, the players are putting another paper next to the map and saying, "We want to go over here." The oh yeah. Spot, where and the thing is, detailed it yet, and so you've got to do that. And, It'll a, a random encounter chart will show you how you can keep your game on track, how to keep the theme available. Maybe the players do explore over here this other place of, of business or these other uh, few hundred miles of wilderness, and maybe they get a level or two and can actually be a viable combat threat. Probably not. But Probably they not. might have the ability to level up and delay their inevitable demise because it sounds like. There's too many players out there that are being led around by panty-waist, bird-brain DMs that have no clue what the game is about, but they, they get upset when you argue with them or say, no, I, I think we need to discuss this. And they'll never show up for gatekeepers. They'll never show up for fucking table breakers. 
but they'll be the first ones to upload a, a hate click video. I can't stand these guys. Bruce is mean. Ugh. So they'll do that. But the random encounter chart helps your game. Even if now, it's not an encounter, maybe the players see a scrap of paper flitting through the the uh, the hallway, or maybe the characters see that there's an item on sale, or maybe you just have a fucking subscription to Creighton Broadhurst at Raging Swan Press. Here's a plug for you, Creighton. Creighton <laughs> puts together things like items you would find in a dead cleric's pockets. There's 20 fucking discoveries you can make when you search the corpse. What is it that he's got in his jacket? And you have 20 different things. And because Clay Creighton Broadhurst is one of the best fucking D&D or fantasy table toppers out there that runs and uh, writes very well, and thank God he hasn't decided to write fiction, otherwise I'd be fucked. He writes a campaign snippet, just little things, little things, like $3 packet that you get, and it's maybe a thousand words. But he has so much packed into those thousand words that you start to rethink your campaign because yeah. maybe you've been phoning it in for the past 20 years and you need to give your players more because within three sentences, Creighton Broadhurst has, has shown you that there's an item inside a cleric's fucking overcoat that might give another five to seven nights of gaming as the players try to find who this picture is or what is the significance of this invoice? What is going on with this key? And you now, have so much. So random encounter tables are not to be angry at. You, whenever you have a bad DM that just goes on autopilot mode and says, I'm going to run Knives in the Dark because the system runs itself, you stand right the fuck up and leave. Yeah. There's other tables out there. There's other GMs that want to get their experience of learning how to have a master player like you at their table and have you help shape their way of interpreting the game to others. And so find somebody that's willing to work with you and, and, and have a good compromise, but don't, don't make concessions. Okay. There's a difference between compromises and concessions. A compromise is, well, you know, I've ran the game for about 25 years and I was told by my other friends that, they wanted me to run the game because they love it when I run because they have a four-year campaign plan on how their characters will evolve when Blaine runs. But you know, little Timmy's never ran before and he's got a lot of neat ideas and he's youthful and he's exuberant and he's got a zest for the game that I've lost after three decades of running it. So I want Timmy to run and if Timmy has questions, I'll help him out. But I'm not going to run the game for him. I'm going to show him what I do, what I put together, and the, the, the small five, six pages that I go through for my campaign notes. And what is really important is to make sure you're looking at your players and you have an eye contact and nobody's staring at their phone, but instead everybody's talking to each other and trying to work things out to where we can all like possibly have the least amount of financial ruin come to our player characters before we endeavor on this uh, like seven week trip across the continent. And you can do that. Yeah. I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to harp on you. And you know, I, know. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I got to I, I got the package. What'd you get? I don't Hot know. No. Oh. There's a seal. Oh. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop the seal. 
Okay. Okay. Show it. Whatever. This is this is my wife. My wife just came home, and she uh, she handed me that. And friends of ours got you know reindeer stuff, and yeah, rocks. Cool. I got a rock. Ooh, Ooh dice. Ooh, cool. pretty dice. Oh. oh, I think Garrett's gonna come. Shiny I do believe rocks. so. Shiny to clap, clap rocks. She actually made these. The uh, nice. my friend, my friend's girlfriend has been getting into dice making. So yeah, she, she, friend's she, girlfriend. Nice. Nice. Yeah. He's a pretty die. That's pretty. And I, and I think we might have killed our audience, but I, I, I really think that Grammy County. You know what? They'll watch it. They'll, they'll watch, watch it on the reef on the reply. So. Yeah. Um. And the, and Chazari. It that's that's part of the fun though. It's the it's the contest between the players who don't want to be broke and the GM who wants you to be broke. So it's. So it's the whole "I want money, you can't have money," and that's a, that's a fun interplay. So you just you kind of want to keep trying that. So. Hey, T W. And handmade weighted dice. When they're done right, they're fun. <laughs> and I guess to get back on the topic a little bit is that I, I mean, I'll admit I have used them for similar you know similar things for the random thing found in pocket, and then but I. I guess I'm a, I'm a little on the wrong side of things here on and yes, I'm sorry I'm insanity. I, I do have ins I, I do have insanity and I apologize for it if it scares everybody else off. So maybe I'm not the best person to be on this if I just keep scaring everybody off. I would disagree. Actually I I I like this because, as opposed to some of our other other uh, shows that we've done, you've got two point. You know, we've got a, a few a point, uh, opposing views here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think we have that too often. Like, no. whenever whenever I put together a game, um, I, I always have a couple of random encounter charts available just to make sure that if things if there's a lull in, in the game or whatever i have something to grow in my dm's toolbox and i can pull it out uh, a dm's toolbox is very important to me and i i just like the idea of being able to well the parties in round seven of a combat where the players and the the monsters are slapping each other but no damage is being done um to start the combat to get really honest and possibly lethal. I'm going to go roll this random encounter because these guys are making a lot of noise in the dungeon. And I want yes. them to realize like you don't exist in a vacuum. Things do not, um, th things do not exist in a, in a uh, stasis. So you're, you're going to have a dungeon that will become more alive as you continue to disturb it, you continue to put your finger in it and mush it around and, and try to try to have your way with it. 
it's it's just like the beer and this honey which is at the very bottom of it here i'm going to agitate the honey and uh get the good stuff going just like whenever we've got like round sticks of a combat yeah and a new contestant has entered the fray and uh the gelatinous cube falls from a hole in the ceiling uh, it's just a bunch of Gale of Doors. Rocks fall, everybody dies. Yeah. Um, you 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 don't want to you don't want to overwhelm the players, okay? You don't. I mean, you want them to fear for their characters' lives, but you don't want to truly give them hatred for the sound of the dice rattling across the table. You want them to enjoy the game and see what develops next but and i, and I, I think I, that's partially my problem is that i don't have that because i've been doing this for stupidly too long i have that mentality of i or like i don't when i was younger and i was starting out at this yeah i needed that crutch i needed those random counters and some of those things helped shape the world that i'm still running decades down the road so mm -hmm. But the thing is, I'm at the point now where I have a good idea what lives in the you know what lives on each continent. I have an idea what lives in the what's in each biome. I have an idea what's out there, and so I so if there's ever that point where there's a lull, I have an idea what could probably be out there to cause problems. So for me, I don't need the crutch anymore of the I, of the you know of the random table which is the reason why i don't use them very often because at that point i can now like because because i have a grasp as a gm of what what my world is what the campaign is what the story is i can throw a regional location appropriate encounter together off the top of my head or with some with some notes that will lead to a not great encounter, but an interesting encounter, or at least enough to be able to get the story to poke the players, to prod them to go. Sure, I might use a random loot table just because, you know, hey, somebody might have you know a, a really cool locket, and the party might go, it's worth five gold pieces and sell it, or someone latches onto it and goes, hey, it's cool, and now we're gonna run with that, and that suddenly gives me you know me a little like so it does come down to the appropriate use of uh, of a table at the right time in the right measures it's just it's that determination that comes down to it and i don't and to be all brutally honest every game is gm fiat and and the less because Whoa. you're the ref i mean so your fiat when you roll that table when you roll on that table behind the thing unless you're one of those people unless you are so mechanically detached you you're gonna roll like you roll and go well it says there's 12 void worms about ready to attack us yeah i don't think the are party really can handle 12 you? void worms are they really well, ready to attack you yeah and then suddenly that's gm fiat you're like no i'm gonna re-roll well that's just as much that's just as much, you know, tailoring an encounter as putting the effort a, effort ahead of time and going. Well, I know roughly what's going on here, because 
unless you just go, well, because the chart says five gelatinous cubes appear, we're going to run five gelatinous cubes, or you're out in the woods, 12 wolves attack you. Why? Chart said 12 wolves are attacking you. You go. You have to deal with it. And, you know, some people like that randomness. I don't. And I'll admit it. So that infects my that infects my play style. I like a bit more. Sure, the players get to make the hard decision of where they're going, and then I can I can adapt from there. So it's, and then so it's it's. I and they they push. There's a response. They respond to what I do, and then it builds out from there, and it gains momentum. But when it's hard to build momentum. When suddenly it, the course changes immensely in a weird direction thanks to a table. So it, so my hatred really just stems down to unrestricted use. Like in small amounts and the right and the right poke can do wonders. But the problem is, is that too many just take that little poke, and then that becomes their only crutch. That's the stick they depend on, and that's where it burns me to the point where I have my distinct, like just like automated response where it's just like a knee jerk reaction where it's just like, Oh, nope, nope, nope. So, because there's just a point where it's just like, I'm bored with randomness and I want to like, I don't want to be the one, you know, if I'm playing, I don't want to be in complete control of what's happening, but I want my actions to feel like they're actually meaningful, even if it's just an illusion of being meaningful. But when I know that my actions don't mean anything because a random chart is going to say something different, it takes away that illusion of actually being more than a game, uh, than a board game piece. And at that point, and once that illusion is broken, I just go boot up Diablo and play a game. See, I, I don't think the game is ran by random encounter charts. I think the game is is, is part player agency, and here goes the the, the emails now. Um, part player agency and and part set series of events dictated by the GM or DM or or storyteller or referee. I think the game completely depends upon both the players and the, the dungeon master to where you guys have to agree you're going to have a narrative. And there's going to be a time where sometimes the story will take an unpleasant turn and players might die. Yeah. But you're going to be making the game as fun for them as you can within the boundaries of the rule set of the game, because you don't want to just be like, oh, fuck these rules, and just live anarchistly, because it, it, you're, you're going to be up for very much a lot of disappointment. Um, the rules are there to help you. The, the tools that they put in the books, the random encounters, are there to assist you, but they're not meant to be a crutch. They're meant to be something that when you're needing to help pick up the game, or maybe the players need to go take a five-minute break, smoke some cigarettes, come back. And when they come back, you're setting up the, the miniature table with the players in the center, and you're putting together the dungeon terrain or inking up the, the battle mat, however you look at it. But you do that, and you, you say, 
you were investigating something and all of a sudden movement starts to happen. Roll for initiative. Mm -hmm. And just do that. Just go with that. But I think that to, to script the entire game is almost worse than run the game by random encounter. I think that's I think that's worse because you're forcing the players to be kited along on an adventure path that very very rarely will offer wiggle room. And and really you need to just be able to trust your players and you need to be able to trust the tools that are with the game you play. Or you need to find a different guy that sells you your favorite paraphernalia for the game. I've got Creighton Broadhurst. He he does a wonderful job. Raging Swan Press is my go-to. I always have a Raging Swan Press book at my table before I run. One of them is there because they have all these uh, neat ideas crammed between the covers of their soft cover books. And if you don't know who they are, you're really missing out. In fact, I've posted in the chat before, Raging Swan Press made a 96 page or something like that free download called The Lonely Coast. And The Lonely Coast is a very enjoyable, almost a trip back to 1990s Thunder Rift for Mistara or basic D&D. And it has 10 little towns in it with enough information for the DM to take the skeleton and flush down to an actual game. You have enough information out there to, to make it an intriguing location, uh, a place where the, the trade winds blow and you get to see the, the white caps on the shore. But the woods are a deadly place to be. And mm -hmm. you might get killed there. And he has mastered the art of doing game fiction to where you can read the loud text of the random encounter chart and the players will talk about that for 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. I you, guess I just haven't found... I guess when it comes to just running, running anything that involves D20 plus level plus race plus class, aka anything that's anything with the word Dungeons and Dragons or a derivative, I just haven't had a good encounter with a GM who actually knows anything more than just what counts as passable. Yeah. And because every GM I know who's a good GM who could be able to run their way out of a wet paper bag and make a game that's incredible, they all move to other game engines. They all play other games. Like the, like It's like we... When it comes, like, my problem is, is that I'm stuck running a game engine that's universally known because I'm stuck in a perpetual, a perpetual cycle of having to deal with new people every two to three years. You know, a full, a full group reset every two to three years, and then I have to deal with new people coming in every two to three years. I can't just go out and say, "Hey, everybody, we're going to play Twilight 2000, or we're going to play Legend of the Five Rings, we're going to play Seven Seas." Or we're gonna play Shadowrun. Most of them are gonna go. I have never heard of that. And so, that's fine. And you need to sit their ass down and be like, "Listen, when I first started playing D and D, we had no idea what D and D was." Right. So, 
And so the, this is in, in this, and no offense, Blaine. Yeah. But I always hear you talk highly about other game systems, and you never run them, you never run them, you never run them. You but have the, a regular group that shows up because they took a class syllabus, and they want to yep. know about what you're doing. No but offense. The thing, but the thing me. here is, is that trying to get them to con to, to get them to understand the game engine and then convert, I have to deal with the fact that I have a my the actual my code my the code guy who helps me run the thing who he pretty much goes we're gonna like whenever we've tried to run seven c's it's good for a little bit but then people just can't grasp it because it's a it's a whole different concept because they come in knowing a little bit on what dungeons and dragons does they understand from gaming from from video games, from novels, from online. You can just go anywhere and find infinite resources that will help you create whatever you dream up with Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So it so it's the it's the the entrance, it's the gateway drug. And so many of them when they when the kids go off and go play other things, switch to other game engines. But I'm always stuck perpetually trapped with this engine. And unless I just want to quit doing whatever I'm, you know, quit doing the You're volunteer work. You are not stuck. Maybe, maybe I'm just not seeing it right, but I honestly feel like you could take their money for the class syllabus and be like, all right, this year we're going to run Shadowrun. And if you need to understand what this is, it is like Johnny Mnemonic meets J.R.R. Tolkien. And somebody's going to get it, and most of them won't. But that's okay. You don't yep. let them roll up a character. You give them pre-gens. You say, you, 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 here's your characters. And you start to run. And then whenever it's time for them to roll dice, you explain to them how the dice rolls work. And you yeah. start to, to do that. But never, never think that you are subject to having to run a game because nobody wants to play anything else. You take a you take one of your newbies into a game store like just for fun and just oh, yeah. let them off the leash. Let them wander around all the aisles. Let them go check out all the stuff. They're going to come back with boxes of Warhammer shit, uh, Blood Bowl. They're going to have Mantic games, Kings of War stuff. They're going to have books stacked up on top of books that have no rhyme or reason. They're like, this stuff looks really cool, doesn't it? Oh yeah. We know about these games. And it's and a lot of fun and they're all fun. You're explaining to them. Or yeah, Shatter's like get on tabletop simulator and search for a game on there. But you you are you are never subject and, and handcuffed to a game engine that you don't really appreciate. You're never that guy. Not you, Blaine. I know. You, you're too smart and you really should be trying to expand the people that you touch you should expand their gaming diets and you do a good job of conveying a a system or a system of ideas or or some such you do a very good job of giving life to that in someone's head so I know. your story <laughs> you aren't shackled to fifth edition you aren't stuck to second ed or first ed you're not going to be stuck with third ed or pathfinder well, oh, you're gonna play. They're gonna play. Yeah, that's the secret. Yeah, yeah. D and D is is what everybody calls it, but really, we're not playing D and D tonight. We're gonna play something else. We're gonna play Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. We're gonna play Coriolis. We're gonna play fucking 
uh, modifius game. We're going to do this. No, no modifius. No modifius. <laughs> but you get the idea. <laughs> you dictate what they play. Right. You dictate that. If they're not normal gamers, all now, you've got to do is keep them entertained for four or six hours or whatever your time slot is. About and four hours. It over. It's over after that. It's over. It, and the, the thing is, is that, like I said, but when I go out hunting for games, my answer that I always get is, hey, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And here's me. Oh, fucking okay. 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 And I've had many a GM tell me to shut the fuck up and just just play the game we're playing. And I'm just like, all right. And then they wonder why I just kind of just go, okay, cool. Because uh, a lot of GMs do go, like a lot of players and GMs are, they got their idea and they're going to run with it. And I'll admit, I got my idea and I run with it. So I'm not innocent of this by any way, shape, or form. And But being told to – or or worse, coming into an established group and then being going, okay, second fiddle, and then wait for to – get, to get caught – to catch up. And you're never going to catch up because, you know, there's never gonna, they're never going to – going to it's just like it's just a mess and i know i'm carrying a lot of baggage i'm carrying about 747 worth of like over the baggage and i'm i'm i know that so yeah but i deal with it and i know what it's just it's just weird i know i've got my preconceptions and i know their biases and i try to get past them but i know <laughs> at least you understand that yeah. Okay. Now, I, I want you to actually seriously challenge these beliefs because I think the, the player has hurt you, not the game. The game, the game doesn't mind. The game doesn't care. You're, you're going to use the game, whatever. But right. the, the game didn't will go out of its way to hurt you. It's, it's these and, other DMs that have ruined your experiences. And the, the really bad thing is, is like to, to, make, to make a comment I made a couple weeks back and forth is like, no game, I know game developer gives a shit about what you do, but, and so the, so the game really isn't your enemy, it's just the players. And I guess you know when you go into a game store and you look at what the game, you know, what games are available on the you know, looking for players chart or looking for a GM chart, and then you're like, okay, that's gonna be interesting. And then you go and sit there and talk to them, and you're like, yeah, no, so. Uh -oh. And Chad's are like, you, don't you dare invite me over for D&D &D and then pull some other game out. You'll pull back a stump where there used to be a hand. <laughs> I understand. And Chad's are too many people are like you who I encounter where it's like, hey, does anybody want to play with the, oh, no, 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 no. We're playing this. And I'm like, okay. I go, like, it's like I had one player. He was a really good uh, storyteller. I, like really good World of Darkness player and he came back you know he came went to visit from seattle one day and he's like so what are, you, I, 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 what are you running well i'm getting ready to run my um game tomorrow and he's like is it dungeons and dragons yep he goes give me a second and then he could literally just vomit a character out he goes it's dungeons and dragons there's literally no thought to this and like what level are they what's their gear level what's the wealth level this blah, here you go i got a character done and i'm like god is this are, are we and I look, look, and the two of us were just sitting there, you know, drinking beer, going, "Are we literally both this at this level of detachment from 
from actually enjoying this that we can literally just vomit out mindlessly a functional character in less than five minutes. Yeah. God, we suck. Get another beer out. And that's that's literally what it comes down to. <laughs> Which kind of actually, like, it's both awesome that most of us have system mastery at that point to be able to do that. And then it's like, and we spent spending any time theory crowding because like, we, we want to do something that's a little off the norm but still be functional. And I guess that's just it. It's like, and, but at that point, we're not thinking like we're playing. We're just thinking about it in pure mechanical terms rather than anything that could be actually enjoyable. I think that's the right term, enjoyable. And that, and like I said, I know that's baggage from me having enough bad GMs to the point where I can tell a bad one coming pretty fast, and I gotta make it through the rest of the session before I walk out because I don't want to leave a bad impression of. Well, I walked. This player just leaves in the middle of sessions, which. You know, I could do, and that's just that, that's not friendly. That's not going to produce a conducive environment. Though, by God, I'm going to uh, to uh, to underscore that I, I undermine them later, but try to do it in a peaceful, nice way that doesn't ruin their entire group, or just you know find something better to do with my time elsewhere. <laughs> I don't want you to hate the game. And I've honestly, like, I like gaming. I just, walking into a gaming store, I can tell by who's talking if I want to be in their group or not within minutes of first contact. And usually the people who I want to game with have full tables and aren't looking for new players. So, and the people who have open spots tend to have reasons why they have open spots. And that's usually like a red flag on like the, why do you, why do you need players? Well, I have like three players walk out on me, but I still want a GM. Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> Let's make it four. What was that? Let's make it four. <laughs> yeah. You know, this has been the most unusual stream we've ever done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it started out with a rant and now we're just here. I, 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 I still think that like however you go about it, this this is this is one of the uh, sessions where like I, I came in here unprepared because I didn't know what I was getting into with random encounters. Holy shit, Blaine's got an earful for me. I'm sorry. And it's no, no, it's it's fine. But like, I don't think the problem you're having with with this is is at all the the game. I, I think it's some of the players you've got. And you just said there are some players you can tell when you walk into a game store, like, do you want them at your table? No. Yes. Maybe yeah. this one over here, you know, and you have that. You're like, I, I wouldn't mind these three people. And you go through that in your head. And, and you, so you swap numbers, you get the contact information. And whenever they do have available free time, you guys can play together maybe a year or two from now. Uh, hobbies, hobbies like this is, is, why we get together with work socialization and it's fun but sometimes you have to wait 
to, to get people to your table. Garrett and I met up at a good time to where we actually had a junction where we could like immediately start to get to know each other, start gaming, start running for our friends. And uh, you came along in 2009, you came over to the house and I wanted to have you as part of my regular group, Blaine. Maybe you would see the way I run and maybe you'd realize that I'm not really that talented of a DM or maybe I'm a great DM, but you, you would at least enjoy yourself. Um, Honestly, for me, it just comes down. I just want more reasons to be, to be focused and engaged by a game rather than feeling detached to the point where I want to do anything else besides focus on the game because bad GMs who use crutches badly because of the social contract, I don't want to just walk out on my friends or walk out like now some random, some rando I see at a convention who does it, who runs the world's worst game in the universe. Oh yeah. Fuck it. Walk it. Just going to walk. The thing is that's a convention. I'm never going to see them again. They're just some weird guy. I met, I met in a badly lit room at, you know, cause, cause I was in between, um, an actual real panel that I wanted to actually go to. So fuck it. You know what? I got four hours. I'm going to sit on, sit on this game. Wow. This was a mistake. And you know what? No skin off my teeth. It was four hours at a convention, whatever. But the thing is, is that if I was to go say, if the gods ever let me have free time and could join like Garrett's game, God help me. That'd be great. But I but I wouldn't want to walk out because why? Because I like Garrett and most of the, and most of the people in that group. They're actually nice people. I really do enjoy the enjoy that their company. The problem is is time. But if I had if I had a bad moment, I would feel comfortable to talk to them. But if I would say I went to like just for fun, and some weird people there, and I'm like, uh, shit. Do I go in there and say, look, I have a pretty decent grasp of several major concepts and would like to explore these things and then I get, no, no, we're here to do this random thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'm here. Do you need me to do anything? No, you're fine. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> I, I think I think there's uh, some more things that we could find out about Blaine that would explain a lot more of why he rants so well. Um, um, PTSD. Severe levels of PTSD. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I'm just taking notes for, for, for a dating profile in about five, ten years. Because <laughs> when he gets to that point, we're going to be, we're going to be sitting here typing him up a, 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 a dating profile. So, so chicks will swipe, you know, it's going to be all nerds and, and everything. Only gamers. And, you know, that, that's going to be the name of it. Only gamers. And, 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 and then they'll they'll have to swipe and double tap and do all kinds of weird up up down down left right left right you know they got to do you know codes to to yes and you know yes this is this is what it is. and look how red his face is his face is redder than my hair oh my god <laughs> your DM sucks change my mind that's all I would do I would total, I would totally just superimpose his face or Photoshop it on top of Crowder. And uh, Photoshop that whiteboard he's got underneath it. Your DM sucks. Change my mind. And, <laughs> and just go with that. 
just just works what we met and and i'm pretty certain that his conversations just from that photo would get him like some weird libertarian gun rights advocate chick some lady who's like oh yeah, hell I was yeah married but my person was a husband was a was a piece of shit and cheated on me but you know i've got the nra card at home and we're going to a shoot next week and i really want to get back into some warhammer quest and hell D D if i could get into it and you're just you you were on board because she has tits until she said warhammer quest you're like god damn it you're like, pretty much play a game not be a board gamer fuck you know so uh, you were you know as blaine was saying there's, yeah, there's four the cat people allowed. The, there is four four uh, miniatures there that are going to have to be re-glued and repainted now. Uh, no, that's <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the breaks. Um, subtitle, no cat people allowed. Gamer girls pushing their OnlyFans. Dog website dating only gamers. Expect, to find, expect only to find dogs you're looking for. Oh, God. I see, I can't say that because I play, war, I play Battletech, which is like the supreme crunchy horrible slow war game so if i want war gaming i got war game i got slow war gaming here all right, all right. So, somebody page in max here they're, they're gonna go fawn over gonna have a bromance over battle tech and what about the inner sphere oh i'm a clan person uh... oh fuck no the best part about that game is is that nobody's perfect nobody's right everyone commits war crimes because somewhere it's war crime o'clock we're just gonna nuke somebody why because we hate everybody, and there's no good guys. Everyone's evil. Everybody's Just, evil. And as long as your check don't balance, it don't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, and, and Travis is right. The Battletech PC game is pretty good. It reminded me of Quake. Yeah. The new, the new Battletech game was reminding me of Quake really fiercely. Oh, good. gosh, yes. Um, Rogue Tech is the best way to play. <laughs> I'm kind of tapped as far as like talking about oh, yeah. random encounters. I mean, yeah. we can we can talk further on it, but no. I I really like I didn't mean to be a boring host or stream. Uh, for those few of you that are here right now, thank you for watching us all this way. Uh, hey, this is our shortest. I think this is our shortest episode. Well, that that's fine. We don't have to have oh, a yeah. whole last two hours the whole time. Oh, you need a two-hour stream? I'm unsubscribed. You know. Look, look, Garrett. When you said before stream, just shake me up and point me at a direction. That, that, that's a problem. You you pulled the pin, the pin on a grenade and then threw it. It bounced back. I'm sorry. Oh no, it hit, it hit exactly where I wanted it to. Oh, good. <laughs> I I just I I disagree with you so vehemently. And, and Blaine, you've got an open fucking slot waiting on you. Uh, this Saturday, we're running a game again. Unfortunately, I'm doing another... I'm working eternally. I know. So, that's my problem. So, what time are you off? Uh, three in the... Uh, three in the afternoon, but then I but then I head off to go actually GM and... and like, GM and, and, and do a Christmas party. So, at the same time. So... How many entries are on your random encounter chart for Saturday? Uh, typically, <laughs> typically they have only four, but they're going down into a big giant mine that's full of chemical gas and weird mutations. So it, there's some variation in there. I, oh, I really... oh, random mutation charts? Yes. 
Well, oh, depending on idea. like some spit acid, some spit fire. So when they when the encounter starts, I just I, I just choose which um which element they're going to be attacking with. So that's about all it comes down to, and or the bugs that will spawn bigger bugs. I if they don't kill it fast enough, it becomes bigger bugs, and Maybe. it becomes more fun down there. What are you playing? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Borderlands. Like, no. I thought he was talking. Uh, what is, it, is it Shadow? Yeah, Shadow Run, and you're taking him into Bug City oh, or something. They, it might as well be, but they're like going down <laughs> into like like uh, ruins of an old match tech war, and they're going to go deal with with. They, they have no reason to go down there, but they want to hide out from the fact that they're starting a civil war, and they don't want to um, be be killed by stormtroopers. So they're going. We need to go find somewhere to hide. So they went into this old mine, and then well, the mine's got problems because it's leftovers from a war when you know from a mage war that happened about 40 years back and the mine is still infested with chemicals and horrifying uh, mutagens and arcane leftovers so they're just going to go down there and not get killed they hope meanwhile mm-hmm. there's <laughs> they meanwhile, go there's, they go in as humans come out as turtles <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and if they all die down there well they chose to go down into that pit um even though like like the Mad Max uh, little barbarian core around it of just sa- uh, savage barbarians are like when yeah we don't even go down I uh, go go down there like and we need gas masks to be able to not die down there like and they're going we're going down there why why would you want to go down there I warned you to not go down there there's a, there's a sign that says bad shit down here in fact you know there's there's barbarians who are on the on like scaffolding with heavy crossbows shooting down into the darkness to keep whatever's down there down there and you want to go down there yes okay cool so well, yeah there's some metamorphosis alpha alpha one of these days that sounds i i don't know what it is but it sounds fun uh think of the uh it was the inspiration for fallout okay you, you, you sold me already uh, fallout one or two or three or four like are you talking about good fallout okay one, the good fallouts two. okay good fallout yeah i i don't i haven't played three and i haven't played new vegas and i've not played four and um, my life is still pretty good um new vegas captures the feel of one and two while three and four are just kind of meh they're good bot platforms i'm i'm all right i i don't need it you're good uh, I, I I've got to say that if I'm going to play anything like that, I'll just fire up fucking Stalker. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Saturday we've got a game going on at about twelve thirty in the afternoon. We'll be running until whenever the players finally get done with uh, this coming session. I don't have any grand hopes for them. They might actually go and uh, do the things that they've been talking about doing. Uh, it's kind of nice to have a, a group of players that are getting along again. I, I feel like my player party is actually starting to become decent friends and they are getting to know each other better. Maybe it's because they've all got each other's communications, you know, Discord, Boxer. Yeah. Some have their their various ways of getting everybody to the knowledge they need so they can have a good communication. They can have a good conversation and I, I don't have to be present for it. That's one thing I really appreciate about yes. the new world we live in, uh, the tech. The tech is great because everybody can, can correspond and they can do their meme sharing and all that, which the memes have been great. Thank you, Kyle Rittenhouse. Thank you, 
Thank you, uh, Jesse Smollett. You've made my meme life so much more enriched. And, That's true. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, they, <laughs> they do that and they're, they're enjoying themselves. So I'm happy. And so we get to play again on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, Garrett, if you want to stop by and hang out, uh, the, the opportunity for that is open for you as well. I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be in the chat just running mod, but, uh, but if the game off. runs to eight o'clock, I'll be free then. We'll be probably wrapping up around eight or 10 o'clock at night. Okay. So I'll catch the very end of it. Okay. But Sean will review of the stream come this week or next week. Oh, I love it when Sean reviews streams. He's never done us yet. He's probably oh, no. going to rip me apart, which is good. No. Don't do this week. I'm. Uh, this is me at my worst. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Do it. No, this is fine. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. And, okay. and I know that there were parts of the stream where I was just, I sounded un, uninspired, but I, <laughs> I had the counterpoint with blame and, and disagreed with my stuff because I, I really think there's some valid points that the DM toolkit, you should not not forsake your your toolkit use your dm toolkit it will bring you back alive you know yeah. <laughs> be hailed well i i, I really know <laughs> who was the old fucker in starship troopers he said that to the kids on planet k and he ended up getting killed like the 17th or 18th person that was great but <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here for this camp for this uh, campaign talk on uh, table breakers we'll be back next thursday night we haven't decided our our topic yet no do you guys have a clue yet or no uh, not a clue we'll have to kick it around yeah this one here was kind of an impromptu one and i think it caused the most quote unquote friction between us but it wasn't really friction it was, nah. it was not agreement but it was it was good and spirited well, and see, this is these are the type of discussions I like because we've got point counterpoint, and you know, and then I become Switzerland. I I don't understand it, but I mean, it's okay. I can be Switzerland. They have nice watches. Yeah. Look forward to your next couple streams, bud. I'm going through his library right now. He's he's pretty fun to listen to, actually. Oh yeah. Thank you for being in chat, bud. And uh, I'll talk to you in Discord here later. Yes, um, and Chad, you're right. You're right. But unfortunately, this is, this is how I swap from being an architect to an engineer. I either measure everything way too well, or I fucking just just wing it. So. <laughs> Table breakers. What counts as a dungeon and how to make them better? Yes. That's a good one. You know what? That works. Okay. There's our, our topic for next week. Everybody swing by Thursday night of next week at 7.30 p.m. or 19.30 for those of you that are DD214 enabled. I appreciate the time that you spent with us tonight. And if you're on the Rewind, I really thank you for giving us the time to explain our positions here. From Table Breakers to you, we thank you so much. Have a great night. Good night.